Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is a certified transformative coach. She holds a MBA from Katz Graduate School of Business from the University of Pittsburgh and a BBA in Marketing from the University of Wisconsin. Her experience includes over 30 years of leadership for profit and for nonprofit organizations in management, community, and economic development related fields. Prior to launching her coaching practice, she held a position as COO of the Jewish Foundation of Greater Pittsburgh, and her responsibilities included human resources and staff development. But before that, she was the chief executive officer of Cool Space Locator, which was a nonprofit organization dedicated to attracting businesses to urban neighborhoods. She's the editor and the owner of the medium publication, Less Stress, More Success, which is a publication dedicated to sharing the wisdom of the three Ps. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode, Deborah Barron. Or Baron. I mean, how do I say it? How do I pronounce it, Deborah? Well, my side of the family pronounces it Baron. Okay. And the Mexican side of the family pronounces it uh, Baron. Baron. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, Deborah Baron. I like that one much better. That one makes me sound cooler when I see it. To me, it does, at least in my mind. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Rob. I, no, thank you for being here again. Yeah, yeah, but we have to fess up that we did this before. Yes, yes, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Uh, this was one of those things where Deborah was the first interview um, collected and also the one in which I realized I had microphone issues and I didn't know what I was doing. So thank you for being so patient with me and coming back. And we can actually start there because that was super stressful for me and I want to be more successful. So <laughs> let's just start with less stress, more success. The publication, how did that come about? Okay. That's, it's one of my favorite three principles stories. Oh, I love that. Okay, so, and I know I mentioned this to you last time we talked. Um, so, let's see, I'm trying to decide how far back to go in the story. I came across a little course a while back about writing articles to get your name out in the world. Okay. And I never considered myself a writer, but I took this little course, and basically the woman who taught it said, write how you, how you talk. And I went, oh, well, I certainly know how to talk. I'm a talker. <laughs> <laughs> So I started writing articles and I started to submit them to different publications and um, didn't have a lot of luck getting published. Okay. But I did come across Medium and I really liked Medium because you can self-publish. And I also love the fact that they tell you how many people have read your articles. That to me was cool. I, I, I knew that I wasn't sending things out into the universe and have no idea whether they were hitting anybody else's eyes or not. <laughs> so it was giving you some feedback. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that. I would like that too. Yeah, right, uh, right. Just to know someone read a piece that I put out. Yeah. I noticed that I started to look for a three principles presence on Medium. And for anybody that doesn't know what Medium is, it's a blogging platform that has 100 million users. 
a blogging platform with a hundred million users. Yeah. All yes. all sharing the same information. Well, you know, so you can write on it and you can read on it. Okay. And you can read in, I mean, any topic that you could imagine. Oh, wow. And your reading selection gets curated by you based on your own interests. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And there, there are lots of publications on, so you can publish in a, as an independent writer or you can publish in a publication and there are lots and lots of publications and you can create a publication. It, it's completely flexible. Wow. So I started to write on Medium and I was looking for a three principles presence and I really couldn't find anybody. Um, there are a few of us out there and there were a few of us out there at the time, but I was having a lot of trouble finding anyone. And I was sort of taking it upon myself. Like I would tag my articles, three principles, and I would think, you know, I'm just going to keep writing and, you know, this is going to grow and eventually I'll create this three principles presence. And I was sitting here one day, right, literally right here at this desk. And I, it occurred to me, you know, like out of the blue, <laughs> out of the blue, <laughs> I don't have to do this alone. And in that moment, without a second of hesitation, I went on to three principles, Facebook groups, and I posted, I'd like to create a medium publication. Does anybody want to help me? And within about 24 or 48 hours, I had 20 people. And so um, we had a little meeting. We actually had a couple of meetings. We, I created this publication. I actually already had the publication. I was publishing my stuff on it. And so we just started adding writers and adding articles and we've been writing since i want to say july we've we're up to 40 active writers on oh, the publication wow. we've published over 200 articles and we are averaging about 100 viewers a day to the publication okay so so help me understand this i am a let's say a 3p practitioner. I want to write an article on my evidence of impact of work I'm seeing with a particular client. I would just contact you and, and what happens yeah. from there? How does that work? Okay. So if you go to medium.com. Medium.com. Okay. And then you search for our publication. It's called Less Stress, More Success. More Success. Yes. I imagine you could also um, search on three principles and find us. I want to make it clear so people can jump on board because that that seems like an amazing place to get your content and to get get the conversation going so you go to go to the publication less stress more success mm -hmm. and at the very top there's a link that says um submission guidelines and it will take you to an article that explains how to request to be a writer and what we look for in our articles it's very very broad there's not a lot of limitations there's certain formatting that medium likes just in terms of properly capitalizing your titles and putting a photograph in things like that just to make mm -hmm. it look pretty yeah and um and then there's a link to a um a form to request to me permission to be a writer when i get that i vet people i, I just really want to know that our writers have some grounding in the principles understood Okay. So when I get that and you've told me, you know, what your background in the principles is, I, um, I add you as a writer and like, I don't want to, I really want to encourage people. Don't be scared off because 
there's at the moment there's nothing I would love more than somebody to write an article called like I don't get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I love everything about that. So tell me this then: How different is this type of work versus when you were CEO and COO? Like, well, when you say this work, you mean um, with the publication, or you with mean the publications, the-, the coaching, the three P versus the position in which had to manage, lead, and direct, and probably even govern, so to speak, at some point. Haven't you ever heard, heard of servient leadership? It, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like, like w- looking back on my whole career, mm-hmm. you would think that it was kind of disjointed. Like, I started out in marketing. I, I got an MBA. I worked at a bank. I worked in commercial real estate. I, then I then I like went to community development and mm. and you know people were like what you you went from banking to commu- community real estate to community development and it's like yeah because it's all about community all about community yeah. and then from community development I went to the Jewish community so again you know community development to my community so so to answer your question more specifically all those years I've been building teams and coaching people got it yeah. Yeah, and showing up in the moment and trying to figure out what to do now. How do people take to that? What do you mean? In in coaching, I can get it, uh, but just in the corporations, especially as the CEO. I mean, because in the military, mm-hmm. when the general came mm-hmm. around, we had cleaned up about 30 minutes prior. Everything was as organized because we just needed him to come through and know we got it. Mm-hmm. We never really gave yeah. him. As soon as he got with then 10 steps away, you know, the big hole in the roof falls back in from the patch job, you know, the buttons come back, <laughs> you know, the buttons come back unwind and you kind of settle back down. So that's, that, I guess that's what I'm meaning. I have a lot to say about your question. I think it's a really cool question. Cool. <laughs> okay. So first of all, when I was a CEO, it was for a little teeny tiny organization. Okay. So there were four of us. Um, but what was cool about it, and you know, all of this is in retrospect, I didn't know the principles then, but I had been a consultant in community development and a bunch of us were sitting around a table and we wanted to try to figure out how to bring businesses into urban neighborhoods. And so we brought three different neighborhoods together and we said, what can we create to do this? And I had this real estate background and I was like, you know, let's let's be a little real estate company. And so, and so it it was the perfect example of like the next step finding me. Right. I I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was, you know, kind of happily working as a consultant. I was, I was doing spreadsheets for real estate developers. and, And then this project found me. Yeah. You know, so so that was that one. And then when I moved into my chief operating officer position, that was for a much bigger organization. Yes, and, <laughs> where you were managing close to I believe I remember correctly 14 million a year. Yeah, and, well that was that that was yeah, we were we were giving um giving away, yes. Yeah, yeah, distributing dollars that we had raised 14 million dollars a year. Yeah. And <laughs> and I had a team that reported to me 
it was about, um, I think at, at the biggest, it was about 20 people that were, were reporting to me. You know, it, it's such a funny thing. So when I found the principles, the first thing that I heard was, you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was, God, I mean, it was, it was the biggest relief I had felt in a long time. Yeah. Oh, I understand that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so think about it. You're fixing the plaster in the ceiling so that the, that, you know, that your superiors come in and make it see it all perfect. Right. And then when they walk out the door, it all falls back down. It all falls back down. I, I mean, that's such a great metaphor for my profession, for a lot of my professional experience. So here's my little story. I, graduated from college and was totally like ready to take on the world. I had found myself in college. I was like free to be me, <laughs> comfortable in my skin. Yeah. It was amazing. And I went off into the world and I had person after person after person say to me, you know what, you really shouldn't have answered that question that way. It would have been di- better if you'd done it this way. Or no, you can't wear your nose ring to, to uh, work. We don't, we don't allow that in this office. You need to take it out. Or no, those shoes aren't, okay. oh, here's, okay. When I worked at the bank, I was the first woman, I'm, I'm, 50, I'm 57 years old. So this was the, this was the late 80s, early 90s. I was the first woman in my department to wear a pantsuit to work. It was the most gorgeous pantsuit. It was an <laughs> Ann Taylor navy blue silk pantsuit, okay? And one of my colleagues who was female said to me, I can't believe you had the nerve to wear pants. Wow. Okay, <laughs> right? So I, I was through my whole career, it was, you should this, you should that, you shouldn't this, you shouldn't that. And I was carrying all these shoulds around on my shoulder, shoulders. So to, to hear a message that you can be yourself and there's nothing better than that. Oh my God. It just relieved years years and years and years of pressure. So, so I don't know, somehow that felt like an answer to your question of how is it that you were, you know, what was it like to be a C, COO and, or in a CEO and have people like keeping everything nice for you? I, I, I don't know that I did. I think I held the keeping everything nice for the people above me. Mm, yeah. And, and then somehow knew that the people that, reported to me needed to be themselves. Okay. I mean, it's I like not that. to, I'm not trying to like toot my horn. Like I was some amazing manager. Toot it. We're listening. That's what the podcast <laughs> is called. Toot it. This is, this is the time where the trumpets and the drums go off. We want to highlight just the beauty in what you're saying and the beauty in the work. Like you said, you, you always could see that people needed to be themselves. Yeah. I, I am teaching a self-defense course now, and this is the first self-defense course I've taught since coming into knowledge of the principles. Mm. Now that I'm free to be myself, 
it shows in the way that I teach that, that I'm just telling people, listen, this is not to harm another human being. I do more talking about not harming people in self-defense class than I've ever done before, just because that's who I am. And at first class, I thought, oh, people are not going to like this. They want the old me of punch kicks, you know. And there was so many people saying, I love that class. Because we did more speaking about awareness mm -hmm. than anything else. Like, just don't be the person down in your cell phone in an area where uh, kidnapping is high. Right. You know, if you're carrying your groceries, carry them in one hand so you have one hand to use. Like simple, simple things like that. And they were just like, I never thought of that. Yeah. I um, list my coaching services on one of these um, sites for gig workers. Mm -hmm. Fiverr. Fiverr. Know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and I don't get a lot of um, business from it, but it doesn't cost me anything to be listed there. Okay. Yeah. So, so last week, this guy, I think it's a guy, Ricky, sends me a note. Like, you know, cause you can message people through. Mm. And I'm, and I said, well, you know, is there something I can help you with? And, and he goes, um, um, I'm looking for somebody to build my website. I'm like, well, I, I don't do that. <laughs> 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 Not me. <laughs> um, and, and, um, but you know, I, but I, I, I coach people around, um, you know, performance and decision-making and time management and those, that, that's what I advertise on there. And um, so if you need help at any of those things, you know, feel free to look me up. And he chatted me for a little while and he said, okay, you know, he wanted to know a little bit more about it. And I answered him and then he, um, and he um, said, okay, well, I'm out of town right now. I'll be back in touch with you when I get back. So today he messaged me again. One of the, it was like, hi, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then, and then I said, well, is there something I can help you with? And he goes, well, do you remember me? I said, yes, you know, absolutely. I remember you. And he goes, and, and so then he says, what are you doing? <laughs> well, my antennas like went up, right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Working, right? So I, so, you know, but, but it's like, I don't want to have any judgment about him, but I kind of do want to have judgment about him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, who is this person trying to chit chat with me? So I, I, um, I didn't respond right away and I ended up responding. And, and what made me think about this is like when you said, when you're walking around in a place where there's a lot of kidnapping, like have your antennas up, yeah. you know, and trust your gut, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that, so I wrote back to him and I said, um, I said, I, I, would love to have a conversation with you if you'd like to hire me um, to do a coaching session. Go ahead and do it through Fiverr. And um, and if if you have any specific questions, you know, you, I'll answer them. And I just you know left it at that. Um, but I don't know. It's just it is just a funny thing about having our like my antennas are. It's like they're different now. Mm -hmm. Even the the awareness of when they came up, you didn't freak out. Like it was just, okay, the antenna's up. Mm -hmm. Let's respond within love. Mm -hmm, right. Right. Understanding. I want to put some judgment on this, but I'm not right. going to like, I get it. Right. That's the human experience. That's the, that's the part of this. I love, I get to choose. Right. And when I don't choose correctly, that means I, I could see 
where I could slow down a little bit more or where I chose to go and put that judgment on it and let it go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that when I take, I, I have to take some of those, you know? Yeah. And, and that whole thing about choosing correctly or not correctly, that's mm -hmm. been a big, that's been a big exploration for me lately. I think we're so, who, who, how do we know? For lack of better words that choosing correctly or incorrectly. And, and what I meant was more so in love or not in love. Yeah. Because you're right. I've done several things before that would be considered wrong that proved to be some of the best decisions of my life. Yeah. But they were wrong when you we put them in the boxes or the containers, like you said, that people were trying to put you in before. I love it when, I mean, maybe that's not the right word, love it, but there's something about when you do something and somebody else has a judgment about whether it was right or wrong, and you can look yourself in the mirror and just know... I would do it the same way again. And I believe that part right there is what helps other people though, because it's the peace I have about it that they're most concerned about. It's like left, right doesn't doesn't matter to me. Right. Right. Especially when I'm going in a circle on what's all one big place anyway. <laughs> I really, really can't get lost, you know. Well, so you said you were going to ask me about my logo. That's a great bridge to talk about my logo. Okay, so my logo is an Anukshuk. Anukshuk. And so anybody that Googles Anukshuk, um, you'll you'll recognize what an Anukshuk is because it's something that we've all seen. So it's it is the native population, the indigenous people of Canada that build these Anukshuks. And the symbolism is that you're on the right track. So the idea being that if you're caught in a snowstorm and you come across an Anukshuk that, that you would recognize it and you would know where you are and you would know that you're on the right track to get home. I remember that because I talk, we talked about it being a reference point. Yeah. That lets you know everything's okay. Yeah. And we need those. I told you, I remember last time we were talking about my two reference points that I, I use my, um, that help me guide is I'm not broken and anything is possible. I'm not broken and anything is possible. And so is that what you fall into if you feel unsure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not broken. So this feeling is okay to have. It's okay to have whatever it is that's feeling because I'm not broken. That's part of the system. Yeah. And anything is possible, which means I don't have to continue feeling like it if I don't like it. Do you have things that you feel like you want to get out of feeling like however you're feeling, but you feel stuck? Um, there are some things that, yeah, I have weighed on or what would be called my blind spots. Things that would be much harder for me to see not to put judgment on. Hurting another individual, like physically abusive or uh, anything done to kids that is any way mentally, physically, emotionally abusive, I, I have weight on. Yeah. And okay. so, so those <laughs> things, yeah. yeah. Only because the variety of experiences I've had in the us versus them game of growing up inner city and the projects and now I live, not that I have, but I live in one of the most affluent zip codes. <laughs> In, in the United States. But when I was born, I was born into definitely one of the poorest. Having and, trouble with the law, being a law enforcement officer. Um, wow. You know, military, being an American citizen and loving this country and fighting for it abroad to coming back and dealing with race relations, even myself as an American soldier. 
Um, married, divorce. Religious, not religious. So you've seen both sides of the coin in a lot of places. In a lot of places. And that, that always makes me think there's two sides. It, it just keeps it, yeah. even, even when I feel I'm 100% accurate on my stance, I still say, but I know there's another side of the coin. Yeah. Well, hmm, that's interesting. So I'm rereading Jack Pransky's book, Somebody Should Have Told Us. Okay. Okay. And one of the things he talks about in there is habit thought. That we, and, and he, I think he uses the metaphor of like, be like riding a bicycle in a rut. Yeah. You're not, the thought isn't important anymore. You're just so used to running that reel. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been really, so I don't know if this relates to what you're saying or not, because you're saying that you, if you get stuck in a thought that's troubling to you or bothersome to you or uncomfortable to you, you know that you don't have to stay there. Yes. And so I was curious about like, do you ever get stuck in the rut? And I don't even know how we got on this, but I'm really curious about this idea of, oh, because you said that you, you have a, an assurance inside of you that whatever you're thinking, it, that you don't have to stay thinking that. Yes. So, and I've been playing with this idea of getting this being stuck in a rut of thought, habit thought, and wondering how one gets out of a habit thought. I actually have a visual of like little, um, little ruts that come out of the rut that allow you to like ramp out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Okay, so you had asked me a while back about the difference between being um, you know, exec, an executive mm -hmm. and being a, a coach. It's, it, this could be a very interesting answer to that question. Okay. Because I, I grew up with, um, my mom was divorced when I, she was three, when I was three. And she, she remarried when I was six, but she always said to me, you have to, you, you should, you always need to know that you can take care of yourself. And my mother was a professional woman and she ran organizations and she was highly regarded in the community and she was my role model. And so I always had this image of professional woman climbing up the ranks, having the title, having the salary, um, and going from that to being a solopreneur slowly building a practice, falling out of that image that I had created for myself of so many years. I felt it. Like I felt the incredible freedom of letting go of that habit thought. So here's my average bear feeling for people who are listening, I'm holding up one hand. <laughs> <laughs> my, my average bear feeling is in one hand 
And my habit thinking of who I'm supposed to be, my title, my salary is in my other hand. Mm -hmm. And the average bear feeling feels so nice. It's relaxed. It doesn't have pressure. It's easy. And my habit thinking is stressed. And like, like lots of shoulds connected to it. So that was probably nine months ago. And I can't tell you that I've given up my habit thinking. But I can tell you that I've spent more and more and more time knowing what it feels like to be an average bear. Yeah. No, I like that because I, I call it conditioning in a sense. That's the, the term I use. Um, and I've just been through several different layers of programming. Um, starting with inner city kid that wasn't supposed to make it to 18. So you do dumb things because you don't think you're going to live past 18. Mm. So the poor mentality. So military shuts down that programming, oddly enough, to give you its own. I can, I do, I will. No matter what, I'm willing to die for it. I can, I do, I will. I'm willing to die for it. So that's the programming they have to give you. And I came out with that when I retired. And now I'm working in the health profession and I'm angry because a client is showing up on time when where I came from 15 minutes prior is on time. Mm. So now I'm, I'm greeting clients with, want to show up just at the right, just at the moment of your appointment? And they're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> um, trainers would say, man, you're so tense about people who go late. Like, what's wrong? Like, people aren't dying anymore. Yeah. But my my conditioning was late meant letting somebody down and and possibly that could be the difference in life or death when you deploy. But I wasn't deployed anymore. I was working at a gym in Los Angeles, California. I wasn't comfortable being in the unknown. Yeah. So what I, changed? Or more little moments, you know, being uncomfortable, not knowing, working through that to where it was like, no, I'm not broken and anything is possible. Right. So I'm not broken. For me, it covers, it, it covers everything. Yeah. I'm an object. If I'm a whole object, then everything I'll need is within what I have. Right. But if I'm broken, I need something else of external. I can't do it myself. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the anything is possible just reinforces if I ever tell myself I can't have that thought. And what about connection to mind? The only thing mm -hmm. that lets me know I'm not broken is the connection to mind. Yeah. The only thing, the only reason I know anything is possible is the connection to mind. Right, right. And, and for me, I would say the words that I put to that are I'm being held. Mm. Tell me what that means to you. I'm being supported. I don't have to figure it out. I live in wisdom. I live with wisdom. I am of wisdom. Got it. I can relax. It's it. It goes back to I can be. I can be myself. Yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to three pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, 
send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.